0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Product Launch Podcast. As always, I'm the host, Sean Boyce. I'd like to welcome my guest today. His name is Nick Malekos from Learn Worlds. Hello, Nick. How are you? And thank you for being on the show. Hi, Sean. Thank
1: you for hosting me. I listened to a few of your episodes before, so I'm really happy to be here because it's one of the few niche podcasts on the subject and very few people actually go into the uh, product and product launches and it's a very important part of uh, a lot of such companies
0: glad to hear I that do. i obviously agree <laughs> <laughs> but thank you i appreciate that and uh where are you calling in from uh today so um, i'm calling from cyprus so we're in the
1: uh, southeastern part of europe it's uh, an island and it's a pretty nice island that you have everything from uh, a beach to a mountain next to you so right now i could be on the beach and on the um on the afternoon i could go for skiing <laughs> <It's> pretty, <laughs> oh,
0: that's pretty cool good place to move <laughs> yeah. how, so how far away are the two if you wanted to do both in the same day
1: uh it's less than 100 kilometers so i will say a little over nice. an hour driving if you're driving sl- safely
0: that's pretty cool got to admit and uh definitely if next time I'm in that region of the world, I'm I'm intending to stop by to say hello in person. So I will be waiting for you. <laughs> awesome. We have we'll have some great offices here next to the beach. Yeah. It's
1: actually <laughs> three hundred meters from the beach, I think.
0: Uh, so that's excellent. Yeah, nowadays uh, I'm in Philly or the northeastern United States, close to New York. So our weather's not so great this time of year, so I'm I'm jealous. So I may be there sooner rather than later. <laughs> yeah. But thank you for being on the show, I appreciate it, and we're excited to learn more about LearnWorlds. So for both myself and our listeners, can you please explain for us what LearnWorlds is and how it came to be? Okay, so LearnWorlds is a learning company.
1: What we do is that we offer a platform for anyone from trainers to creators to enterprises to teach, to create online courses, to create training, and to educate. How it came to be is that Compared to everyone else on the market, our founders were, were focused on the, uh, on the educational part from the, uh, from the university. They have PhDs in learning. They are very research-based. And they saw that seven years ago, uh, there was nothing that actually followed the modern learning techniques. They wanted to do something that was all-encompassing, was the right way to teach online. It has to have a community. It had to be interactive, it has to give everything that a student will help to grow because learning is not a passive thing it's a social thing something we learn together and it's an interaction between at least two people even through the return world it's an intermediary uh, on that so they decided to go and use the latest research to develop what they believe to be the best platform out there in the market and slowly slowly building up it had to be also a, a platform that could sell so, it offers everything from building up a website for e learning purposes, having a blog, to having an e learning uh, community inside, uh, anything that you want to teach for, from video, assignments, exams, giving out certificates, but also the sales funnel that you need selling the courses, selling bundles, creating discount coupons. So, it's everything an entrepreneur who is, wants to teach wants, and it can be customized also for corporations who want to train their employees and have a more advanced uh, learning paths
0: and, um,
1: and, and any kind of reporting or analytics they need for the
0: employees. Got it. So I would summarize Learn Worlds is kind of like an EdTech platform that enables yeah. people to build online courses. Is that fair?
1: Yeah, exactly. We're in the EdTech SaaS space.
0: EdTech SaaS space. Excellent. So talk to me a little bit about who the customer is for you guys.
1: Yeah. So there are three levels of customers. The first level is the um, solopreneur, I would call it. Someone who is maybe just starting out or they have some experience and they have some kind of knowledge and they want to teach. Let's say this could be me or you. So I am good at marketing. You're, you're good at helping companies launch their products. So you have some expertise and you want to teach it. Uh, we see a lot of coaches right now who want to f- live from the live coaching because you cannot uh, coach so many people, you have a limit. And they want to do a course because it's, uh, uh, how's it called? it's uh, anyone can take it at any time. Uh, so let's say a, a coach is a typical solopreneur who wants to move from one kind of business and onto the other consultants are another another kind of these people who are doing these. Maybe you are a yoga instructor and you want to sell a course on uh, doing yoga. Then it's a a little bit on the higher level, it's the SME kind of customer, the trainer. So You might be doing already workshops. You are a trainer, you are teaching to companies, you are doing some local workshops, could be any subject, and you want to move these uh, into an online platform. And a, a usual case is also the CP, the continuous professional education, either retraining, let's say accountants, legal, there are many requirements or compliance training. And you want to move this training because your customers are requesting this training anywhere that you are. Like a common issue I see with these kind of customers, they got tired of traveling because the most successful ones are being requested to travel from one city to another, especially especially in the US. They might be crossing states just to do a couple of days training and come back. So these people are getting tired, and they want a better solution. Some of them give more value to their customers, be there all the time, and when there is a requirement of the physical training, they combine it. And then it's the higher tier, the corporate, the enterprise customers that has two scales. It's companies like us, SaaS companies, that they are teaching their empl- uh, their customers because uh, learning is highly valuable. So if you have an expertise as, as a company, you can teach others how to do what you do. Uh, an example will be. One big customer we have where they're selling physical products like uh, products like Alexa and they have technicians as their customers. They're teaching people how to use those devices, how to install it. So it's customers and partners on how to use their products and services, make them expert customers. And so they make them more loyal. The other part of the corporate is internal training with employees, which is more straightforward. You have employees, you need to train new employees, you need to do compliance training, you need to improve the skills and renew the skills of, uh, of your customers, uh, sorry, of your employees. So you need to retrain them every now and then and they have groups or cohorts of uh, training per year.
0: And do you have an idea as far as what the split looks like on those three different types of customers, traction-wise at Learn Worlds, as far as how many you typically have in each group
1: not exact numbers, but around that, it's between 20, 30% is the lower group, the solopreneurs. Okay. And the more professional, either solopreneurs or trainers, who are a little bit more on the market, it's around 50%. And the rest is a corporate enterprise customer, which I think is a little below the 20%. Yes. Nice. Between
0: 10 plus, 10 Excellent. to 20, somewhere around there. And we talked about this a little bit. I'm hoping to bring a course to market for kind of product strategy, product management, that kind of stuff this year. So, Going to be taking a real hard look at Learn Worlds to see if you guys can help me bring that to the world, which would be really cool. I would
1: love to help you. We're actually a high-touch company, so our support is one of the best. Excellent. We have so many materials to help you start with it. And any any question you have, I'm pretty sure I wrote about this in our blog.
0: Love it. Thank you. Yeah, I I was checking out the website a bit and testing around the product as well, too, and I've been very impressed by what I've seen so far. So very excited and encouraged. Definitely take you up on that. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the problems that you solve for these customers. How does Learn Worlds address their needs?
1: So the first need is that people have to go online. They want to reach a, a bigger market. So they want somewhere that they use one tool, but it's also a lie. The one tool is a lie because what we see is that a usual customer Starting out, we we'll want to have everything in one tool, but as you grow as a business, you have your four or five favorite tools. So we either offer almost everything you want or the integration with your favorite email marketing tools or lead capture tools or anything else you use for your business. So we offer the part of the education, but also as much as the marketing and the website building. So we take off a lot of the issues and headaches and compared to other solutions, that's a part of the head that we want to avoid. We want to make it easier for you to avoid having any technical issues and focus on actual education, because one of the things that we see with people coming from other platforms, especially WordPress plugins, they try with 10, 20, 30 plugins, but those plugins don't, don't have any good support. Uh, they break up, they don't connect uh, well together. So they're coming up with us. We help them with the technical spa stuff. If you send a ticket and there is an issue with our platform, we fix it. If you don't know how to do a part of the website, we help you do that. We explain how you can do it. So it's, uh, it, uh, it's something that might take you a few hours or a few days to master. And then there are no bugs. Uh, you don't need to worry about hosting. You don't need to worry if one feature controls with other or if the video breaks and you have to talk with this plugin and then uh, an exam breaks or a certificate was not given and you have to communicate with three four people just to make one course work.
0: I think one thing in particular that you mentioned there that I would draw more attention to is the importance of support in what you're doing. So, right. Anybody, I think the idea or the impression is that we want to make, we obviously want to make our products as easy to use as possible, but there will be times when the customers are going to need help using those products. Yeah. You mentioned several times, Kind of that high touch component i recognize the same as well too my software company staff geek we it's we call it a low touch product with high touch service available mm-hmm. when necessary it's really important to have a solution and options for customers to address their concerns in those areas yeah
1: doing some research on other SaaS and seeing what are the high growth startups the high growth companies you see that Everything that is high growth is low touch because it's easy to use. It's usually a single feature product or two, three features. But when you grow, you add on features, you add capabilities and these make the complexity go up. Uh, as we are growing, we're trying to keep the complexity low, but because it's a so massive platform, people are asking for these and other customizations. Unfortunately, it becomes more complicated. And this is one of the things we are working right now, how to stay complicated, but make it easier for people to understand it or may improve their importing process so it, it's easier and so support and high touch to help them do that is essential uh, while you are growing and yeah find the find a way to
0: balance the complexity and the simplicity at the same time that's an excellent point and i would love to hear you talk about that a little further because we get that question a lot too i asked it of other uh sas leaders in the space too as far as how do you balance Right, we were pretty well aware that the simpler products are easier, can gain traction more easily because they're easier to use, but as your customer base grows and the demand for more functionality also grows, how do you guys balance that trade-off?
1: Yeah, so think about that. When I started, we had less than 50 support articles that we had to maintain. Now, after three years, we have more than 200. I think we're close to 300. So, but people its difficult to find and understand it. We have uh, the help center button, you click it and still people cannot find it. Sometimes. So one of the things we do is the onboarding sequence with emails. Emails is king for me. I'm planning to rework it again and again. Like today I was doing some fixes and I see that we still need to do a lot of improvements in our onboarding sequence and I don't have enough time to fix it. So well, Uh, one of the things I'm doing here on network more than half of my time is going on to content. So one of the things I have done is I have, uh, I have worked with uh, my team and we have written content pieces that address these issues and they address it in both SEO and the product way. And this is a great example we actually saw from HREFs, and we're copying that. HREFs are the kings on doing that. They marry the product with a content piece that drunks. So if you see an article, our top three articles talk about how to create an online course, how to create an online school and how you can uh, how you can choose the best video learning uh, software. Um, the 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 highest converting article of mine is uh, how to create an online school and it's the best example on how you can have some step by step. I'm writing for people who want to start and I'm showing you how to do it with words. Uh Anyone can use that article as a guide to know how to look for other platforms, but I actually show them in screenshots. Uh, we have videos, we have step by step on how you can do it. So you can have two screens on, on you, my article in the in the school, and you can just go through the basic settings that if you think about them, you won't find them because we have so many customizations. You have to go at least once through the settings and customize it because if you're a corporate customer, you might not want to allow signups, but, if you are, you want to have a fully social membership site, you might want to change the discussion settings, who can talk with whom, uh, what's open, what's not, and what kind of discussion is uh, on the level of uh, a lecture or on the level of the full course and uh, how it works. So I I take them through all this process. It actually works because it brings people who want to do exactly this, so show, shows them exactly how they are. I cannot prove it because I don't have the data, but I'm pretty sure that people bookmark this and go back and they, and they use their school because a lot of people from there become trial users and then become uh,
0: customers. That's excellent. Another huge challenge too is to gain, to create what we need to create in order to gain traction. I like what you mentioned about, so you talked about some of your more effective content that you've produced, which has worked real well from a marketing perspective, but I imagine that also doubles well for even existing customers because it's kind of like a how-to guide because you incorporate the product and and then articles well too. So can you talk a little bit about, cause that's another big thing, right? As we want to share, you know, we build our, we bring these SaaS products to market. We want to share them with as many customers as possible. How do we meet them where they're looking for help? So can you talk a little bit about ultimately how you, uh, with the, the topics that you intended to write about when it comes to that and incorporating the product? I think you're talking about a really great balance of you incorporating the, the product into a guide that could help for both lead generation from a marketing perspective and also satisfy existing customers with how to use the product. How do you figure out which topics there would gain the most traction?
1: You have several tools to see what actually ranks and what people are searching. Because even if I have data and analytics, especially in the beginning, I might not have the data on my site. But I can use Hrefs to see the volumes. I can see the Google Keyword Planner is also a free tool to make advertisements but you can also see the volumes of the keywords there for free without relying on any outside tool. And I think Nail Patel also launched the, um, how's it called, Suggest. It's a little bit tricky to ask you at some point to give the email to give some nice, uh, nice data, but still it's a free tool. You can see a lot of volumes and data. I can throw out a few keywords and see variations of what people are searching, how much they are searching. So I can make a, a list. And what I'm going, working with uh, one of our consultants, is that he gave me some ideas? We worked together to give a list of 100 articles. And then I went up and I gave it a score from one to four. One to four is business value. So I say, uh, I have a very good article right now getting a lot of traction e learning trends, what's getting popular on training right now. Uh, but this has for me a business value of two. A business value of two means that. It's decent, it's good, it's bringing people, but it's top of the funnel. Uh, it's not people who are ready to buy now, but it's good because it's, uh, uh, people know you and they'll come six months later. So I have other other articles that are business value four. There are people exactly looking for the product. For example, it might be uh, looking for a competitor, ex-competitor, uh, alternatives. And I write for this. Or mm. they like how to create an online course. How to create an online course is also a little bit uh, on top of the funnel, they're not fully ready. They're not ready to purchase right now. They're creating content, but you want to lead them into the process and get them there. So it's a business value between three and four. Another way is that when you start the company, you have written a few blog posts or a few content pieces. So you see what has traction. Then you track it and see what's actually conversing to customers, either trial or paid users. And then this informs you because you understand which article you want to focus, which one you want to invest resources, rewriting, making better because every year we write and rewrite our best articles and make them better and bigger and more inclusive. And then you want to attract leads uh, links on there. But the experience from us is that we try to find the one channel that rules them all. And there is no, we always have a balance. We might see one month getting more customers from SEO, organic traffic, the other month we see people coming directly because it's a, it's a month that people decide to start a new business. And then affiliates send us a lot of leads and the next month may be th- falling down a little bit. Uh, and then you have paid. So paid has also been a very stable way to bring new leads, new trials, new customers, but it's all working in concept. And anytime we try to see the one best channel, we saw it was always multi-touch. In simple products, if the decision is less than a week, you might you might work with one channel. But if it's a complex product like us that has a longer cycle, multi-touch is the way to go because you have to show up many times and make someone see you again and again, remember and come and use a product because you, you have to make them reach their aha moment. You have to make them invest time and see that they are getting results
0: before they buy. A Couple of great lessons out of that was, I would say, continuous experimentation with your different channels and not jumping from one to the next too aggressively, but also measuring um, how well they're producing kind of an impact and and helping you make progress in that way. Yeah, I think that's excellent suggestion. Um, Very encouraging. Thank you, Nick. It's been super helpful to learn more about LearnWorlds. My last question for you, before we get into kind of the resources and how people can reach out to you is, what's the best piece of advice you have for someone Looking to start a SaaS business today?
1: Hmm. Um, I will say this on any kind of business. So, do a test. Don't go through yourself and build a product for a year and then try to find the customers. Because uh, one of one of the things of my background, uh, I, I forgot to tell you initially. So I'm coming from both an educational training and startup environment. I have been working as a volunteer on many events. I have joined a lot of startup and local business events, and I know most of the successful and failed startups around my area. And I also was working on education on a college and a media website. So I have seen a lot of ideas rise and fall. The the common thing when they fall is that people think the idea and they just stuck in their head. They never try it. And they just think I'm not sharing this idea because it will someone will steal it from me. Implementation matters. You have to do it first of all. But before you do it, I see a lot of people failing because they start and they wait to build up resources. It's good if you are waiting to find a team, the right team. It's good if you are waiting to find the right timing or resources, but go and do a minimum viable product. See if it works because if I invest now, to either make a startup or make a course and spend three to six months developing without having anyone to sell it just going to splash and make nothing um, find people, find a problem solve it on the minimal way possible if it's manual yeah, if you can you do a one to three months of work and try to find a few customers, don't overdo it, don't, don't work it yeah. that was even one of the mistakes of our uh, founders so we're in the between the top five uh, course platforms in the market and we could have been in the top two, three, if our funders were a bit faster because for the first year they wanted the perfect platform Mm. and they lost one year of traction. Next year they actually started good, so we're we're in a very good uh, place right now. Excellent. But still, if they started selling from day one that they are building and not one and a half years later, they could have been double or triple the size because the growth kept coming and coming and coming after they started and what inform us about the product we were building is that the first customers informed the the first features and without that feedback of actual real paid customers not someone promising to pay if you build it (laughs) this is how you grow of course there is a trap here you you don't need to listen to everything someone say because if you have a couple of customers that look big in the beginning they might be asking for a lot of things because it suits them exactly, but doesn't suit anyone else. You have to find the balance of what seems logical, filter it a little bit, and see what most of their customers want to have. And have some data center analytics. In the beginning, you won't have it. You have your own experience and filtering. But as you grow, 100, 200, 300 customers, and talk with them, you understand how to build up to reach out the
0: biggest market. Excellent advice. You heard it here, folks try it before you invest too heavily and too significantly, right? Understand your customer, understand the problem space and get that prototype out there as fast as possible so you can start getting some validation data. Excellent, thank you, Nick. And thanks a lot for being on our show. Uh, Two more questions for you. The first of which is what resources would you share with our audience that you'd recommend they check out to learn more?
1: Okay, first of all, uh, I will for sure uh, suggest our own academy. If you're on the education, teaching or courses, we have a great Academy, we have some free courses you can take and you can just join and see what you learn and how you can educate your customers or make a, a revenue stream, next revenue stream there. Uh, if you're into SaaS, into SaaS software as a service, I would truly request SAST, both the blog and the podcast. I haven't been to one of their conferences. I, it's on my to do list and Because I hear a lot of podcasts, I have a list here. So a few interesting things for me is the equity podcast from TechCrunch. I I just love reading about TechCrunch just to keep the news out there. And a couple of things, so a little bit out of the box for this. I love Freakonomics, the book, the podcast, their blog. It's not about how to build your startup. It's about how to open up your mind to different kind of problem solving. Uh, things so it, it opens up to understand the possibilities of how you can think about the problem in different ways and actually go and solve it and a similar podcast is the cautionary tales it's a new one it has just seven episodes but i loved it. it it just explains very well how you people see a problem and they go and follow the problem and never look back and never try to find different solutions and how we block ourselves and we put ourselves in a box and I hate the out of the box uh, saying, to be honest, because sometimes the, the box is very good, but you have to see all sides before you decide, and you have to reevaluate and do it uh, and see through the reevaluation. If you have to continue, this is an option, or you have to go back, or you have to change.
0: Excellent. Those are some seriously awesome resources. I mean, Saster, TechCrunch, Freakonomics. I love. I've read. I've read that. I uh, love the. The blog is also on the book and podcast. Yeah, the first two books are awesome. You agreed. Yeah. Looking forward to checking out Cautionary Tales too. I haven't haven't listened to that one yet. But I'm going to add that to my list as well also. All right. And uh, so Nick, tell us who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch?
1: So my email is, is nick Lergo.com.
0: If, uh, I
1: also reply to most of our hello emails. It's the onboarding sequence. So anything you reply on our onboarding sequence, I follow that. Uh, or I send you to the right channel, actually. You might not hear from me. Um, you can reach out if you have any questions about this podcast. Uh, if you want to connect, it's better to find me on LinkedIn. Send me a message there. Nick Malekos, I think you'll be writing and linking to my LinkedIn profile later. That's on That's Um I love LinkedIn, actually. It's very useful for professional work. And if you want to either launch your online course, do another an extra revenue for your startup, you want to train your employees or do some lead captures with free courses, or make your users an expert because as we said, onboarding users and teaching them how to use a complicated product is difficult. So education is one of the best way and we see that actually good statistics. Anyone who who invest their time in taking our course to our academy even just logging onto the academy and checking a few things there they, ha- they are four times more likely to buy than any other trial user we have so at least for us it's a great example of how education can sell your product and if you want to learn more about that i would be happy to help you that's what we do
0: that's awesome thank you nick and thank you for being on the show you're welcome Thanks for listening to this episode of the Product Launch Podcast powered by Next Step. If you or anyone you know is involved in scaling a B2B SaaS business, please have them reach out to me about becoming a potential guest on our show. They can email me at sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at nxtste dot this time, we'd like to take a moment to thank the sponsor of our show, Next Step Consulting. Would you like to know what the right next steps are for your B2B SaaS business? Are you trying to grow and scale, but you're stuck? We can help. To find out how Next step can help your B2B SaaS business achieve its goals, please email me, sean at nextstep.io. That's S-E-A-N at N X T S T E dot Thanks, and keep disrupting.